0: the new pool i'm justin i'm josh and i'm john three of us together again we're back
1: <laughs> once again
0: yes i hope everyone enjoyed that last episode with more than just us three it was a lot of fun for us and now you're stuck with just us three again yep. yep so uh we're continuing our our saga so to speak of our television breakdown in decades but first of
2: course yeah let's get back into what we just nerded out on
0: Right, so I'm going to start as I usually do. Maybe we'll switch the order up next time. Yeah, no, it doesn't really matter. Consistency is good, okay. So uh, just watch True Detective Season 3. Have you guys seen any of the seasons? I've seen the first two. I've seen all of them. I've not seen the first two. Okay, all right. Well, I I think a lot of people got turned off by Season 2. I can see that.
2: My dad told me Season 3 was really good. I actually
0: think it's... It was. I don't want to say it's better than the first season, but it, I mean, it's it's darn close, if not on par with season one. Mm-hmm. I loved it.
1: I agree. It got, kind of got, like, it's only three seasons, but it kind of got back to its roots with yeah, season three. Season two three. sucked. Season yeah. two was not strong.
0: Yeah, it was a challenge, but but I'd, I'd like to go back and watch it again, because I wonder if it's just bad because of how good season one was.
2: That could be.
1: You know? Season one was really good. Is this a situation... was really good yeah. oh show. he's amazing where he,
2: that 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 scene where he's running through the neighborhood i mean it's just freak awesome
0: yeah that's very true like did you and i almost wonder if this is like a godfather situation like godfather 3 is looked at as a terrible movie but it was nominated for best picture and if you compare it to godfather 1 and godfather part 2 two of the top 10 movies of all time it's going to be considered quote-unquote
1: garbage right and i liked three i didn't think three was bad at all yeah yeah it's i not ex- as good but
0: it's not as good but but what is as good yeah right i mean it's, it's some of the best right. movies ever. anyway sorry i digress so it's all relative it is all relative so season three true detective it's an anthology series in which police investigators unearth the personal and professional secrets of those involved both within and outside the law and that's kind of the storyline for all three series uh, or seasons i should say But each season is slightly different with a new set of characters. And this one is about an Arkansas detective that spends decades investigating the crime that changed his life. The murder of a young boy and the disappearance of the boy's sister. As the drama slips between three separate time periods. 1980, 1990, and 2015. I think that's kind of the coolest part about... That may have also been, now that I'm thinking about it, why season one was so great as it did that. Mm Mm-hmm. It jumped back and forth between time periods.
1: And this one jumped back and forth between three time periods. Three time periods. And not just two.
0: Yeah. So this came out January 13th, 2019 on HBO. It was created by Nick Pizzolatto. 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 Wrote the new Magnificent Seven and all seasons of True Detective. It stars Mahershala Ali as and that's actually he has a lot much longer name that i didn't write down because it's like five different names does he really he does yeah he's awesome he's great he plays wayne hayes and you probably know him best josh from house of cards
2: and luke cage definitely yeah yeah
0: and also crossing jordan and he's mm-hmm. gonna be blade blade, in the new blade movie yep. the new blade movie yeah speaking of blade speaking movies of blade. <laughs> Stephen dorf who was again from the first blade with Wesley Snipes, and I want
1: to say, like, I this is like the first thing he's been in in forever. I feel like, yeah, like he took a hiatus. Like I don't know if he took a hiatus or if he got like blackballed or something. But since Blade, I can't remember him anything until this.
0: Yeah, he, I think he was in some like random TV commercials or something. Like I'm trying to think of anything he was actually in. It's been, right, now yeah.
1: and now he's got a new he's got a new show. Oh. I can't remember what it's called, but. He's doing something new.
0: Doing something new. Anyways. It also stars uh, Scoot McNeary as Tom Purcell. He's from, you might know him best from Halt and Catch Fire and Argo. And fun fact that I just found out, he's also in a Bud Light commercial from like the 90s. And Lambert, you might remember this commercial. It's where they're driving down the street and, and there's a guy standing on the side of the road and he goes, hey, let's pick that guy up. And his wife goes, but he's got an axe.
2: I remember that. And then, oh, and he yeah, says, I remember that. And he that. says,
0: but
1: he's got but Bud he's Light. He's got Bud Light, yeah.
0: And an axe. And they pick him up, and then they keep driving, and they see another guy on the side of the road. And he goes, let's pick that guy up, too. And the guy in the back goes, but he's got a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Scoop McNeary. Sorry, he's also in, uh, what is it? Um, I don't know if it's uh, Batman and Robin. Not Batman and Robin. That's a No, that's not true. Uh, Justice League. Um actually might be it might actually be batman versus superman now that i'm thinking about it he's in that as well and? and it also stars ray fisher as henry hayes who is also in batman versus superman a lot of connections there
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah we kind of already talked about this show i think it's fantastic i really do hope they do a fourth season i think the biggest problem is that it takes a while to produce write, and also execute and that's kind of why there was such a hiatus between season two and season three mm-hmm. so fingers
1: crossed
2: yeah, so I have been watching Better Call Saul season four. You guys seen Better Call Saul?
1: I have not. Yeah, mm-hmm. it. T- I need to. I need to. Though.
2: It is on par with Breaking Bad. A lot of it. I mean, it is. It's an excellent show.
1: I enjoyed um, Breaking Bad. A
2: lot of Breaking Bad Easter eggs and callbacks as well. So it's a show detailing the trials and tribulations of Jimmy McGill, who turns into be Saul Goodman, the lawyer in. Better, uh, Breaking Bad. It debuted February of 2015. It was written by Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, who also did Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And then it stars Bob Odenkirk as Jimmy McGill, and he's from Breaking Bad and the Incredibles. Jonathan Banks as Mike Ermanschrout, Breaking Bad and the Incredibles. Rhea Seahorn as Kim Wexler, she's from Whitney in the Twilight Zone. Patrick Fabian as Howard Hamlin, he's in 24 and must love dogs. And Michael McKeon is Chuck McGill. He's in Clue and a Mighty Wind. And there are some other characters that come back, but I don't want to spoil the show.
0: He's Mr. Green. It's not for, I mean, let's make sure we yeah. know Michael McKeon is Mr. Green from uh-huh. Clue. Yes. yes. I didn't kill my wife.
2: <laughs>
0: no, no, that's not it. That's fugitive. He says, I told you I didn't do it. That's what, that's what he keeps saying. Oh, yeah, because
1: yeah. he, he was the fed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: So thoughts again. If you like Breaking Bad, you'll like this show and it's really really well really well written and it kind of takes you back into that breaking bad world. So,
1: nice. So I went a different direction on mine. So I have actually been nerding out on a band and it's not a new band. It's a band that's been around for a very long time and the band Tool. So this is a rock band that was formed in 1990 and they're from uh, LA. I
2: was 1 year old when that band formed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh debut album Uh, was Undertow, and it was released on April 6, 1993. It went, you know, certified double platinum, and it featured the single, if you are familiar with the band, Sober. Uh, The current band members are Danny Carey on drums, Adam Jones on guitar, Maynard James Keenan on vocals, and Justin Chancellor on bass, who replaced Paul Damore, who was the bassist from 90 to 95. They've only... They only have five albums. They had Undertow and Enema in 96, Lateralist in 2001, 10,000 Days in 2006, and they just released their most recent album, Fear Inoculum, in 2019. They've won four Grammys, most recently for both Best Metal Performance for the song Tempest off the most recent album. Uh, it's a band that you know I have listened to in the past, but... I just kind of started, I kind of expanded the catalog a little bit and started listening to kind of more albums and more songs. And it's just, I go through these phases with music where I'll find something and I'll just kind of latch onto it for, I don't know, maybe a few months where it's just kind of just trying to like learn, you know, not necessarily learn about them, but listen more and more and more and trying to kind of expand my knowledge of, of the music itself. So and I like it. Cool. I, yeah, dig it.
0: I think their first album Enema, is probably the one most people know. The second one. Oh, is that their first? The first That's their one was second undertone. album. Yeah. You're right. You're right. My bad.
1: That one has a lot on it, and there's a few songs that are near and dear to my heart for fraternity reasons. Yeah, <laughs> that That's are from true. that are off that album.
0: That's true. <laughs> and actually, did you know that Henry Rollins? Henry Rollins performed some uh, some additional vocals on the song Bottom.
1: I did not know that. And they so, side note, they do, I'm a huge Led Zeppelin fan, they do a really good cover of No Quarter if you want to check it out.
0: Cool, cool. Check out Tool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All right, okay, so as we mentioned at the top of the show, parts three and four, what we're going to go into, do some full nerd, a little bit of nerd facts too, talking TV of the 1960s.
2: Yeah, let's get into some background on statistics. The 1960s ushered in a new era of TV programming. And I guess the big thing was they began to transition from black and white to color during this time period.
1: And by the beginning of the 1960s, there had been about 52 million TV sets in households across the United States. And lighthearted sitcoms and comedies ruled the day as some of the most watched shows were series like the Dick Van Dyke show, the Beverly Hillbillies and the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, a lot of the shows in the 50s were really focused
0: on like country and gunslingers mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. And so we started to see a lot of comedy. but We also started to see some new genres that had to do with supernatural, uh, or the supernatural, science fiction, and fantasy.
2: Yeah, like we said, rural themed and military-inspired shows had proved popular, but soon declined as viewers became more socially conscious towards the end of the 1960s.
1: Television in the 1960s was no longer... A source of entertainment. It also became a strong political force thanks to the first ever televised presidential debate between John F. Kennedy and Richard M. Yeah, Nixon.
2: That was revolutionary. Fun story. If you you guys ever been to Kennedy's library in Boston? No, I've been to Boston. It, they have a whole uh, exhibit set up of like you can walk through the debate and everything. It's really cool for the history nerds out there, like me and Lambert. So uh, check I, it out. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's beautiful.
0: <laughs> I like to I like history. Don't count me up, man. <laughs> hey guys, I'll I do things. I learn things. <laughs> Speaking of that, during the sixties pretty much T V took over took over as the main source of news and information and pretty much surpassed print media as the number one type of consumed type of education, info, whatever, news.
2: Yeah, and there were a lot of events like the Civil Rights era, Kennedy's assassination, the Vietnam War. They call the Vietnam War the first living room war because you could literally watch mm-hmm. The war happening in your living room, which also made a lot of people more anti-war as they saw that. And also the first man on the moon. All of the historic events were broadcast on television in real time.
1: And people began to realize that TV news was the more complete and extreme opposite of entertainment TV, raw and real. It was at this point that journalism on TV was fast on the rise. Yeah, and it's it's kind of gotten out of control now. Twenty four, it's a little bit. Yeah, a little
0: Twenty four hour news cycle is maybe it's, a bit of a detriment. Yeah, but this is when it all, where it all began. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, top ten shows of the nineteen in nineteen sixty. So some of these you'll see at the end of the decade. Some of them are completely gone. Number one, Gunsmoke. Number two, Wagon Wheel.
2: Yeah. Number three, mm-hmm. where Have Gun Will Travel. Number four, The Andy Griffith Show. Number five, The Real McCoys. And number six, Rawhide.
1: Number seven, Candid Camera. Number eight, The Untouchables. And number nine, The Price is Right, as with Bill Cullen as the host. No Bob Barker yet. No, not not Bob Barker. I
2: didn't realize he was not the original host. Interesting.
1: Yeah. There was a tie for 10th, by
0: the way, The Jack Benny Show, Dennis the Menace, and The Danny Thomas Show.
2: Yeah, so like we mentioned earlier, if you see that, how many of those are cowboy shows? Five or six? So a lot of... Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the... End of the 60s, in 1969, the top TV shows were number one was Rowan and Martin's Laughing, Number two was Gomer Pyle, USMC. And number three was Bonanza.
1: Number four, Mayberry RFD. Number five, Family Affair. Number six, still Gunsmoke on the list. And number seven, Julia. We have number eight,
0: The Dean Martin Show. Here's Lucy is number nine, which was preceded by I Love Lucy and The Lucy Show. And the number 10 were, was the Beverly Hillbillies. Now, what's interesting is that we've kind of glossed over a lot of the shows. Like, in fact, a lot of the top 10 shows are spinoffs of really popular shows that we're going to mention here in a second. But that kind of speaks to how quickly these shows would air. I think some of these shows that we know are as iconic, um, they were only around for three or four seasons, but they there was like so 50 many. episodes yeah. in a
1: season. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's the one thing that. Like you you could only have a you could have a show that's around for three years, but they did a hundred episodes in three years or mm-hmm. hundred and fifty episodes in three years. It's just yeah, they were cranking them out.
0: Whereas now, if you see like an ABC or a CW show, it's twenty four episodes or twenty two episodes is generally the max. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
2: And in the golden TV, it's twelve to sixteen, like the golden. I like guess the serialized TV yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, some honorable mentions choosing movies that were debuted in the sixties or most popular in the sixties. T V shows. T V shows. Oh, sorry. I read what's on the, the research. So. <laughs> my bad.
1: <laughs> so shows like The Adams uh, Family. I'm sorry. I'm I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy? Darn it, don't you guys know Josh will read anything that's <laughs> yeah. on a teleprompter? And, and as we know from previous episodes, so, so will, will I. So John,
2: <laughs> yes, John definitely will. <laughs> All I right. don't
1: care what it is. Wait a wait a Ad- Read on the fly, guys. It's good. <laughs> the adventures of Ozzy and Harriet
0: and the Andy Griffith Show. As we already mentioned, Beverly Hillbillies was a big big one. Bewitched, that was huge. Yep. Bonanza again. That one was timeless. That one actually stuck around mm-hmm. for quite a few years.
2: And that's still on TV late at night. So
0: yeah. In fact, where I work out, they there Justin is a television. There's so a television. There's a television that's always on. Someone puts on gunsmoke and bonanza all the time I don't know who's watching this show right now but I've like recently been like oh that's what Gunsmoke is that's what <laughs> it's
1: someone is. on an elliptical machine for like two hours just yeah
0: or a stationary bike yeah. yep just cruising to watching Michael Landis in his prime
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then we've got Dick Van Dyke Flipper which is also a great movie and Get Smart which is also a good movie I
0: like know yeah. that Flipper song and I, d- I don't remember watching that show uh,
1: yeah I think everybody knows they it. call me I'm, Flipper mm, yep
2: Flipper right
0: I mean who knows that I guess we do We all do
1: Don't know why Apparently we know Pop culture Yeah So Gilligan's Island Classic Obviously Green Acres Another one And then Another timeless one Gunsmoke It was on forever
0: Mm -hmm. Hogan's Heroes Was big I Dream of Jeannie Was another big one McHale's Navy
2: Mr. Ed That was a talking horse Correct Mr. Ed yes. Famous
1: Mr. Ed
2: The Munsters And My Favorite Martian
1: and then Rawhide, Star Trek, and the twi- the original Twilight Zone.
0: Yeah, and, and a lot of these these shows we're not we can't t- possibly talk about every one of these shows, but you can just kind of tell the the significance culturally mm-hmm. that exists. You really started to see happen in the sixties. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some shows in the fifties that we all recognize, but the amount of shows on this list that I could sing. There, like I mean, the song based on the show, mm-hmm. is crazy. And I don't remember watching any
1: of these shows. You, or you just could, know them, or you could just whistle it, like the Andy Griffith show. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. right. I've seen episodes of it, I suppose, but I like this is somehow ingrained in my brain. I think that speaks to this cultural significance of these, of this decade and a lot of the shows that <clears throat> that, that debuted during the '60s. Yeah. So we're gonna talk. Each one of us is gonna. We picked a show. We want to kind of go into more depth, because uh, you probably noticed we've met, left a few big ones off that list. And I'm going to start, and I chose Batman. Now, I didn't know this came out in the 60s. Uh, that actually I surprised me.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that either. I,
0: I didn't expect it to have come out that many years. That's a long time ago. I mean, what, how many years ago is that? 50, a lot. 60, right? 53? 50, yeah. 60. It's a lot. So a little bit about the Batman show, which I think this is just pretty much what Batman is. It's about an entrepreneur that's really wealthy. His name is Bruce Wayne. His ward, Dick Grayson. They both lead a double life. The crime, the, the crime fighting duo Batman and Robin. And th- again, this is just the, the 60s version of oh, this. I love it so it's, much. Yeah, it's just the original DC comics. A secret bat pole in the Wayne Mansion leads to the Bat Cave, where Police Commissioner Gordon summons that dynamic duo on the bat phone whenever there's an emergency threatening Gotham City. Again, a big kind of change from what we've seen in recent pop culture television movie sets where there's the bat signal. This was a red phone that lit up. And had like the bat logo on it, right? I don't know if you've ever seen that or not. Anyway, um, they jump in their Batmobile, which is just a beautiful purple convertible, uh, and they go off to fight evil such as the Joker, the Penguin, the Riddler, and Catwoman.
2: Yeah, and it aired from January twelfth, nineteen sixty six, to March fourteenth, nineteen sixty eight, for a total of one hundred and twenty episodes. Yeah, in- so.
0: two years let's do that math again (laughs) for the first time it aired for three seasons probably three seasons right but for two just over two years 120 episodes that's i mean that's 40 episodes a season yeah
1: what (laughs) it was written by bob crane who conceived the batman in 1939 and developed by lorenzo Semple jr who also did flash gordon
0: Stars Adam West as Batman, and Adam West, we know him pretty much from the Batman, or from Batman, and also in Family Guy, where he plays Adam West. Adam West. (laughs) Burt Ward as Robin. Uh, I tried to figure out what else he's from, and uh, that's pretty much all I knew
2: of or heard of. Um, It's got Alan Napier as Alfred. He's in Marty and Hitchcock. Cesar Romero as the Joker, which is, he's also from the original Ocean's Eleven. And Burgess Meredith as the penguin from Rocky.
0: So I should say that Marnie is actually a Hitchcock film. Oh. That's what he's from. Yeah, okay, I okay, gotcha. He's
1: got Julie Again, Newmar I, I as... Read what's on the, I read what's I, on here, I, I, Okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Julie Newmar as the Catwoman. Uh, yeah, not from a lot. She's, apparently, this was pretty much it for her. And Frank Gorshin as the Riddler, who was also in 12 Monkeys.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Here's a tagline.
0: I thought it was just fun. Batman comes to life tonight. Watch master criminals like the Riddler try to outwit those legendary crime fighters Batman and Robin in two spine-tingling episodes each week.
2: I guess that's how you had 120 episodes in three years. Two yeah, a week. right. Um, so some nerd facts. In the early 1960s, Ed Graham Productions optioned the TV rights to the comic book Batman and planned a straightforward juvenile adventure show, a lot like The Lone Ranger, Adventures of Superman. And they wanted to air it on CBS on Saturday mornings.
1: It was originally intended as a one-hour show, but ABC changed the, first, changed the premiere date from fall 1966 to January of that year. With the network having only two e- early evening half-hour time slots available, the show was split into two parts to air twice a week in 30-minute installments. A cliffhanger episode connected the two. A cliffhanger connected the two episodes. Yeah, and, and so that C- must be why they have so many.
0: Yeah, and actually, like next time, or find out what happens next time on the on Batman. Yep. Uh, and actually, so ABC or CBS was supposed to have the show, but then eventually ABC got the rights to it, and that's where it ended up airing. Some ABC affiliates weren't happy that ABC included a fourth commercial minute in every episode of Batman. One affiliate refused to air the series. The network insisted it needed the extra advertising revenue, so that's how they made all their money back then. Well, still, that's how they make their money yeah. now. But yep. But this was a big thing having a fourth commercial minute. Yeah. I mean, can you, have four, I mean, let's, I'd love four, just four commercial yeah. minutes.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Now it's nine. Yeah. Um, kind of a, a local tie in here. The giant lighted lucid map of Gotham City is a reverse image of St. Louis right down to Forest Park, Fairground Park, Tower Grove Park, Lafayette Park, and Horseshoe Lake on the Illinois side, as well as the other river and road networks. So that's kind of a cool local flair here. Yeah. Mm
1: mm-hmm. And the only actors to appear in all 120 episodes were Adam West, Burt Ward, and Neil Hamilton.
0: By season three, ratings started to fall, and they weren't really sure what they were going to do with the show. So instead, they opt, they opted to introduce a new female character, and they came up with the idea of using Batgirl, who would be Commissioner Gordon's daughter, Barbara Gordon, and asked the editor of the comic books to further develop the character, who had made her debut in 1966 uh, in Detective Comics. And by the way, this was 1967. That's kind of an interesting thing, like where it's, hey, we're going to take this character that you just wrote into the comics. This, is, this obviously dates the, the series. By the way, expand on her in the comics too so people start to like her in our show.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was the first, Batgirl was the first superheroine to appear in an ongoing capacity on TV.
1: A total of 352 holy Words were used by Robin from "Holy Agility" to "Holy Zorro," <laughs> Holy, and they did a little throwback of that they one in uh, the old uh, what was it? Um, Batman, no
0: Batman Forever. He goes, "Holy, Holy Rusted Metal Batman." <laughs> yep, that was Chris uh, O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell, right? Uh, Eighty-eight unique words or word overlays were used during the fight scenes, alphabetically from "Ox," "F," and "Ie!" exclamation point to "Zwap." Kapow, which was used 54 times, by the way, Baf and pow were tied for uh, 53 times each, and 32 overlays were used only one time each. If you don't know what that overlay is, it was that that bright, flashy text that said
1: these. Yeah, it harkens back to the comic books. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's
0: during the fight scenes. Yeah. And they would actually, like, you wouldn't really see them punch, or you would see them punch, but sometimes it would be right away, it would cover up, maybe, maybe make it less graphic.
2: Yeah, so in all of these overlays appeared eight hundred and thirty two times with a total of one thousand one hundred and twenty exclamation points.
1: <laughs> and originally West didn't want to read for the part of Batman. He said, Quote, I'm trying to have a serious career here, and that's what he told his agent. The agent pressed the issue and West had a change of heart twenty pages into the first script. It's a good call by him. So glad he did take
2: that role. Yes. Yeah.
0: According to West, because of the show's popularity, he was offered the role of James Bond for On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which came out in 1969. He declined because he felt the role should go to a British actor and the role end up going to, ironically, Australian actor George Lazenby.
1: And he was only Bond for that film, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Sean came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Ward was only 20 when the first episode aired.
1: Cesar Romero's Joker laugh was created almost by accident. Shortly after being cast, Romero met with producers to discuss his role in the series. While waiting to meet them, Romero happened to see conceptual art of the Joker's costuming. Romero Romero felt the pictures almost looked absurd and as a result spontaneously broke into a playful, loud, and almost manic laughter. A producer overhearing it responded by telling Romero, that's it, that's your Joker laugh. The Riddler was just a minor and forgettable
0: villain in the comics, but this series is responsible for turning him into one of the most popular villains in Batman's rogues gallery. And there's a big episode. There's a b- the, the movie itself. He's like the mastermind between or by turning all of the uh, people on the city council, I think, into like powder. I don't know if you remember that <laughs> the Batman the movie, no one saw that. All right, well, he did.
2: Well, Frank Gorsham <laughs> was nominated for an outstanding performance by an actor in a supporting role in a comedy for his portrayal as the Riddler. Fun fact, he also voiced Hugo Strange in 2004's animated series, The Batman, while Adam West voiced Mayor Grange.
1: Mr. Zero was renamed Mr. Freeze for this series. The name change eventually made its way into the comic books as well. Each main villain had his or her own theme music.
2: And I found this interesting. When the series premiered, Alfred had been killed off a few years earlier in the comics. However... The producers wanted to make Alfred a regular on the TV show, so they brought him back to life in the comic book as well.
1: Hmm. Eartha Kitt took over the role as Catwoman in the final season because Julie Newmar was busy filming McKenna's Gold. Originally, Batgirl was going to be a a standalone show. Instead, she became a main character in in the third and final season of Batman. Is it funny that I
0: know a lot of these actresses' names by watching Celebrity Jeopardy? And Sean Connery mentioning all of his Earth the kit all of his conquests. <laughs> oh, that's pretty ridiculous. The Batcave set was built on the exact spot where the Skull Island Gate was located in King Kong. It came out in nineteen thirty
2: three. Hmm. Yeah, and Bert Ward stated that he was actually injured badly several times while filming the show. He said that he was burned or struck by a shrapnel when an ill conceived pyrotechnic effects went awry. And at least one memorable incident. He was flung out of the Batmobile after his door flew open during a high-speed turn. This
1: poor kid's getting beat up. <clears throat> yeah, I know. <laughs> Before going on the air, this show received the worst audience test scores in the history of ABC. Wow. It only went on to air because so much money had already been invested in it.
0: After ABC canceled the series, the producers waited to see if anyone else would pick it up. Then bulldozed the Batcave set when it appeared nobody would. But two weeks later... NBC offered to pick it up, unaware that the set had already been dismantled, and since they were not willing to basically build the set again, NBC said, "No, we're not going to acquire the series. so we could have more Batman oh, if they it. hadn't have prematurely bulldozed the set.: Good, sad.:
2: Despite the show's popularity, though, it wasn't released on DVD until 2014. Uh, it was due to a rights dispute between 20th Century Fox, who produced the show and Time Warner, who owned the character's publisher, DC. Comics.
1: The original Batmobile from the 1960s TV series was auctioned on January 19, 2013 at the Barrett Jackson Auction House in Scottsdale, Arizona. It was sold for $4.2 million. It's a steal. It is a steal.
2: (laughs) So a film based on the original television show was released, as Justin just talked about, in 1966. It was originally supposed to be produced before the series as a way to introduce the series. But the series premiere was moved up, and the film was forced to wait until a summer hiatus after the first season. The film was produced quickly to get into theaters prior to the start of season two of the TV show.
0: And I should mention real quick one other fun fact. Cesar Romero, again, who played Joker, his, his like, iconic look was, was rocking this pretty hefty mustache. Yeah. And most people would shave that off when putting the, the, the uh, decorative uh, makeup on. He just painted over it. So next time you're watching, you're looking at him on. If you ever watch that show, he's still rocking that mustache. It's just green or white, which is I think funny. I like it. So why does this show matter? Uh, first off, there there's a ton of different references in pop culture, and it's really continued on since then. I, I got to mention Animal House. They got the Deathmobile, which is obviously a nod to the Batmobile. Christopher Nolan series.
2: Uh, that to me, and this could be a podcast by itself. That's the best batman the christopher nolan series is my favorite three
0: i think it's worth having it's hard to say like who's the best Batman well i guess that's that's like eight different conversations yeah. who's the best joker who's the best batman and who created the best iteration of mm-hmm. the batman mm-hmm. and, and the villains I was also
2: a fan of the animated series a big fan
0: I, I mean people would say like even though even though i think i think the you know heath Ledger did an amazing job Joaquin Phoenix just did an amazing job. Both both won Mark Academy Hamill. Awards. Yeah. Let's not forget about Mark Hamill as the animated version of it.
1: Right? Right. Jack
2: Nicholson was good.
1: You see, yeah, you see Mark Hamill at the top of a lot of lists mm-hmm. when they talk about the best Joker.
0: It's pretty crazy that we're like maybe saying Jack Nicholson is the fourth best of anything
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's obviously and he was really good. He was great. Side note: that was the first PG-13 movie I ever saw in theaters. Was, was it really?
0: Wow. Yeah. Well. That was a wise
1: choice. It was a wise choice by mom. Thanks mom.
0: <laughs> Thanks mom. Lego Batman, let's not forget about that. Let's shout out to Josh and his his child. Yes. We already mentioned the animated series, Arrow, and the CW shows. This plays a huge impact in that just the whole DC comics uh, the even the villains as well. Even nowadays we have the DC Universe with Titans and Doom uh, Doom Patrol and then of course the DC EU. We'll see kind of where that starts coming up so where does it rank i don't know i'm not sure where it ranks but it's one of the most memorable for me out of all this whole list of i shows. would say
2: you question if batman would be as popular as it is without the series you know that that's a question how would people still be talking about it as much would it have kind of gone away There's i
0: think there are a lot of decisions they even mentioned that like change the direction of the comics yeah. because of what they were doing in the show, which I think speaks to like its impact and significance. And yeah. I will
2: say, yesterday they just released a picture of one of—I'm curious of Robert Pattinson in the bat suit for the first time. Oh,
1: I haven't seen that. I'll have to look at that yeah. one. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, does it?
2: So, and Colin Farrell is going to be the Penguin, so it should be interesting. Yeah. All
1: right, so
2: let's move on to show number two, and that is. Scooby-Doo, where are you? All right, so some general info about Scooby-Doo, where are you? The plot, it's a group of teenage friends and their great Dane, Scooby-Doo, travel in a bright green van solving strange, hilarious mysteries while returning from or going to a regular teenage function. It's called The van is called
1: the Mystery Machine. Oh, the Mystery Machine. Yep and this was surprising to me it only aired from 1969 to
0: 1970 i am actually more surprised that it aired this long ago because i felt like when i watched this as a little child that was when it was coming out
1: like it was brand new yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and my daughter is big time into this show now so we have watched every episode a bunch of times <clears throat>
1: It was written, directed, and created by Joe Ruby, who also did Planet of the Apes, Ken Spears, who also did Planet of the Apes, and Joseph Barbera. Who we recognize from (laughs) Hanna-Barbera.
0: Right. Stars. Okay. This also was so surprising, and I I know this. I knew this before, I think, or at least now, of course. Casey Kasem is Shaggy. Yeah. Who did Scooby-Doo, all the movie shows. And of course, he hosted uh, yeah. American Top 40. Oh, he was
2: absolutely. also in an episode of Saved by the Bell, too. So. As himself? Yes.
1: Yeah. And he was in, well, his voice was in Ghostbusters because mm-hmm. they were talking about that. Yep. It's it's got, the original Ghostbusters.
2: Yeah. Nicole Jaffe yeah. <laughs> as Velma with The Trouble with Girls, and Don Messick as Scooby Doo. He was in The Last Unicorn and The Jetsons.
1: He's got Frank, Wel- Frank Welker as Fred, and he's in the Transformer series. And Steph. Stefania Christofferson. Christof- Christ- Christofferson as Daphne, who was in The Grasshopper and Wicked.
0: Yeah, so so some nerd facts about the old Scooby-Doo. Velma's famous, li- famous line, My glasses, I can't see without them, was actually not originally intended for the show. During a table read for the voice artist, Velma's voiceover actress, Nicole, who was nearsighted, lost her glasses and uttered a variation of what became velma's famous catchphrase the the writers liked it so much it became one of the show's
2: trademark gags yeah and i thought this was interesting shaggy's real name is norville
0: that's a good trivia Mm -hmm. bit to know for a trivia night definitely
2: frank welker wanted to audition for the role of shaggy and he, he ended up being fred so he he wanted to audition for the role of shaggy since he had always been cast as a straight man and wanted to do a comedic character Casey Kasem, who ended up being Shaggy, wanted to audition for the role of Fred because he claimed he was not a comedic actor.
1: During production of the second season from 1970 to 1971, Casey Kasem became a strict vegetarian and wanted his character Shaggy to follow suit. Kasem was promised by Hanna-Barbera that his character would become a vegetarian from that point on. Hanna-Barbera actually kept their end of the bargain for the 1970-71 season of the show. Shaggy and Scooby are the only characters to be in every incarnation
2: of the series. And the character name of Scooby was taken from an earlier Hanna-Barbera show, Moby Dick and the Mighty Mitor, from 1967, and he was featured as Scooby the Seal. Both Scooby the Doo Scooby the Doo. Scooby-Doo and Scooby the Seal had the same voice provided by Don Messick.
1: A conspiracy theory has emerged that the show takes place after an economic depression. This explains why the monsters always turn out to be well-respected types of people such as professors, museum creators, and celebrities who've fallen into hard times like everybody else.
0: Hmm. Uh, Too Much, which I guess is an episode later, Scooby-Doo, was originally written as a Great Dane, but fearing their creation would be too close to the the titular character in the comic strip, Marmaduke, creators Joe Ruby and Ken Spears changed Scooby-Doo his name was too much that's 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 Mm scooby-doo's original name yeah so which is crazy uh to a big sloppy sheepdog which again a little bit too far closely resembled hot dog from the archie comics so after this whole thing they finally decided all right scooby's going to be it's great dane he's not going to be called too much anymore so it could have been too much sheepdog The sheepdog yeah but instead it's great dane scooby Scooby good 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 choice good change good change yep (laughs)
2: <laughs> in Scooby-Doo's exclamation "Rutro," his version of "Oh oh," has become something of a catchphrase for amused notice of surprise or suddenly complicated circumstances. I myself have said that numerous times. So,
1: <laughs> and this is also the very first Saturday morning cartoon to include a laugh track. It's
0: funny to have a laugh track in, the cartoon. A, car- in a cartoon. I never thought of cartoon.
1: Yeah, Frank Weller, or excuse me,
0: Frank Welker, the voice of Fred also provides the voices of Megatron and Soundwave on the Transformers, Garfield and the Garfield show, and the monkey Abu in Aladdin.
1: Abu. The original Aladdin. Yes. The original it's good one. 1992. Yes. Originally, like all shows aimed at kids during this period, the teenage characters on this show were were all supposed to be in a rock band. Eventually they turned into a roving group of freelance sleuths.
2: Yeah, so let's get into some group discussion here and why does it matter? Well, I, I mean, I think it has 12 comics, 43 films, 27 short films, 14 TV series, 5 TV specials, 21 video games, and 5 theatrical presentations, which they also have a new one coming out this summer that I will be seeing with my daughter.
0: I, do. I hope you just go by yourself. That'd be way better.
2: Ah, uh, that's a little creepy. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah.
1: He'll see it the second time by himself. Yes, and but not got the first
2: time. Thirty-three direct-to-video movies. Um, have you guys seen the movie with Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar?
1: I did not see that one. Yeah. There's two of them. There's two of
2: them. Yeah. yeah, they're not. They're not bad. They're not. The TV series is the best.
1: Yeah. So,
0: I would agree. But I, there's so many iterations of it. And honestly, again, I'll just go back to the fact that I didn't realize this show aired for basically two seasons in the late '60s, early '70s. I thought it was for me. In the mid to late mm-hmm. '80s, Saturday that,
1: morning cartoons. I mean, what Scooby Doo's on?
0: How has I mean, 20 years later, and it's still timeless. And yeah. now it's 50, you know, 50, years, 50 years later, later. later. and
2: yeah. my three-year-old loves this show; she's wanting to watch right now. So yeah, pretty great. It's awesome. Yeah, I enjoy it.
1: So the show that I chose was Hawaii Five-O, and the plot of Hawaii Five-O, the, in, the investigations of Hawaii Five-O, an elite branch of Hawaii State Police answerable only to the governor, is headed by the stalwart Steve McGarrett. Hmm.
2: Yeah, and it aired... Stalwart. (laughs) Stalwart. (laughs) It aired from September 20th, 1968, to April 5th, 1980. So like the other two shows we've talked about so far, this show was on a long time.
0: Yeah, I think this is when we started seeing the shows last for a little Mm -hmm. bit longer, not like Mm -hmm. stacking the episodes.
2: And it was written and directed and created by Leonard Freeman.
0: Stars Jack Lord as Detective Steve McGarrett, who's from Dr. No and Stony Burke. It also stars James MacArthur as Danny Williams, who's from Hang 'Em High and Swiss Family Robinson.
2: Gosh, I love that movie, Swiss Family Robinson.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you would. I do. I love it. <laughs> it's great. I might it, watch it tonight. <laughs> oh, man. It's got Cam Fong as Chin Ho, who was also in Magnum P.I. and The Ghost of the China Sea. And we're going to... We're going to see a a trend here, and it has Herman Wiedemeyer as Duke, who also did Magnum P.I.
2: Yeah, and then it's got Harry Endo as Jay Fong, who also did Magnum P.I., (laughs) and Zulu as Kono, who also was in Magnum P.I. His full name is Gilbert Francis Lanny Damian Cowie, but goes by his nickname.
1: I did think that was just funny. Yeah. Yeah. Zulu. Yes. Zulu as Kono. Yep.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And then the taglines were, (laughs) book him, Dano.
0: Book him, Dano nerd facts pretty good nerd facts here jack lord was the only cast member to stay with the series during its entire 12 year run zulu the first of the regular cast to depart the show left in the fourth season cam fong left after the 10th season james mcarthur left the series after season 11 i would assume they all went on to do magnum (laughs) (laughs) pi yeah (laughs) at least most of them um in a 1996 interview he revealed that he had become tired and wanted to do other things Is mcarthur saying this it was also reported that there were delays in the decision to renew the show for another season, and James MacArthur took another job that was offered.
1: So it's, it's funny that it's based on the Hawaii State Police and an elite branch of that, but Hawaii is actually the only state that has never had a state police agency. Which is, I guess, why you can just tell tell a brand new story. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And Cam Fong, who played Detective Chin Ho Kelly, was was actually a real life Honolulu police officer from 1946 to 1962 when he retired for a career in real estate.
2: Hmm. Yeah, and then Magnum PI, which has been mentioned numerous times already, began production in 1980. Soon after the series wrapped its last episode, early episodes included references to the show, but a plan to have Jack Lord appear as McGarrett never came to pass. In some of the early episodes of Hawaii Five-O, McGarrett leaves headquarters in a 1967 Mercury two-door sedan, and he reaches his destination in a 1968 Mercury four-door sedan. <laughs> Time travel. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> even though, even though uh, Kai die. That's a terrible. I, I'm sorry. Sure. That sounds made right. Made 15 appearances. Arch villain. woe Fat. This person die and jack lord only appeared on screen together in the same scene four times including the pilot and the series finale so it's it's like his arch villain i mean i can't think of another arch villain that is not on screen with someone it'd be like joker and batman being on screen four times in the series of, yeah mm-hmm. of 12 seasons
1: yeah that's pretty crazy uh, there yeah and 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 for the for the for the main bad guy to only make 15 appearances overall right
0: yeah, I guess this is maybe a little bit of a bond situation where you've kind of got, you know, the, the, the
1: puppet master pulling the strings. Right. So he's probably mentioned a lot, but mm-hmm. just you don't ever see him. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's a Kaiser Soze, definitely. Uh, or,
0: or we could also say um, a little bit of Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. situation oh, with
2: Moriarty. Moriarty,
1: yep.
0: Right. Definitely. He kind of is behind the scenes. All these other villains, he's the puppet master, mm-hmm. telling him to do these things, and he pops in and goes, and they're like, "Oh, it's Moriarty's hand. He's the." He's the puppet master. Yep. Sorry to be redundant with the word puppet master, but that's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling the strings of the marionette. I'm just going to keep going on until Josh is puppet master. Let's Josh just get this analogy. Let's going. beat it
2: a dead horse until, yes. <laughs>
0: oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Whose turn is it? I don't even know where we are. Oh, the name Wofat Fat came from a restaurant in downtown Honolulu.
2: If you guys didn't know, Wolf Fat was kind of the puppet master in this show. Ah, so.
1: he is That's pulling the strings. Yeah, what might say, yes. <laughs> and the name Chin Ho came from Chin Ho, the owner of the Ilkai Hotel, which is where the penthouse shot of Jack Lord in the opening title sequence was taken. And it also won two primetime Emmy awards in 1970 for outstanding music composition, and in 1974 for best music composition.
2: This was the longest-running crime show in TV history until Law & Order's 13th season in 2002. It can be considered the second-longest-running crime show if Gunsmoke 1955 isn't considered a crime show. Law & Order Special Victims Unit hit its 13th season in 2011, and Law & Order ran for 20 years, so now it could also be considered the third-longest-running crime show.
1: Hmm. And I think that's well. We 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 can kind of talk about it as a group. I think why does it matter? I think that's probably the key point as why it does matter. Because when it was it was a show that was that was on for a very long time. Kind of start, not really started the crime genre, but like it was like it perfected. Long, it. You could it, it, say, yeah, it yeah. almost perfected it, and it kind of made it a genre. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it serialized it too. I mean, it's it's this right. It's this seasonal drama-solving mm-hmm. crimes. And, uh, as you're going to... Pro- I mean, we should just mention real quick, there's a new
2: series, right? Yep. Is that show still around?
1: That show is yeah, definitely still yeah. around. So that show, go ahead. Uh, it, well, it's it new series. It, it debuted on September 20th, 2010. It is still going. We watch it. It just had its 10th season this last
0: fall. That's when it debuted in September of 2019. I'm pretty sure it's renewed for another season, and it stars... Scott Kahn. Yes, it does. We all love Scott Kahn. Yeah, I mean, he's right? an
2: American Outlaws. So. Another person
0: that's in it is Daniel Day Kim, which if you guys don't know who that is, that's Jin from Lost. He left the show, but he is pretty amazing. I just wanted to share that fun fact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: Awesome. <laughs>
1: well, right. That was one of the reasons why I picked this show is because my fiance loves the new show. So. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and so we could say it's been going on for – over two decades now, even mm-hmm. though it's not the same series, mm-hmm. but I mean to have the same show, two different iterations of it for over a decade each,
1: and they do know. have the th- the same theme music. Yeah, Does is Hawaii- this
2: where? Yeah, and then you know a lot of people call the police the five O. Well, I think that's where part of this comes that's, from. Yeah,
1: it yeah. is where part of this came yeah. from, definitely.
0: I wonder if Hawaii actually has a state police agency now.
1: I don't know. We'll have to look that up.
0: Yeah. Anyway,
1: we'll let you know next time.
0: No, nah, now nah, we won't. I just, it's, it's something for everyone to ponder. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the '60s for everyone. A little bit of a little bit of nerd outreach, as always. So, thanks for listening to our to our '60s. You're going to hear the '70s, obviously, coming up next or at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Thank yous, Josh. I mean, I have to thank my wife and Abigail, my daughter, for letting me come and do this. Thank you. Thank you to you guys for keeping this going on for over a year. So that's true.
1: That is true. Uh, I would like to thank the Kansas City Chiefs for winning the Super Bowl. That's a good shout-out. That is a good shout-out. It made my fiance very, very happy. She's yep.
2: looking over his shoulder right now in the background.
1: So. She's not. She's <laughs> across the room. I'm going to thank
0: and really just give a shout-out to our friends uh, Pete and Mari, uh, who just had a new kid. But Good call. But also we're going to shout-out their first daughter, Lily, who it's it's her birthday. Yes, it is. Well, happy, happy birthday,
1: Lily.
2: Yes. All right, yeah. And then future show suggestions, send them in via email to nerdisthenewcoolpodcast at gmail or
1: you can use the hashtag nerdisthenewcoolpodcast on any of the socials.
2: Of course, if you want to uh, find us,
0: like us, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram at nerd is the new podcast,
1: and you can follow us on Twitter at nerd is a new co two. And you can listen to us on Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, and just search "Nerds the New Cool Podcast." Real
0: quick, next episode preview.
1: Again, we'll talk seventies at some point in the future,
0: but we're going to do a little March Madness conversation, kind of timely before the tournament starts yeah. in March.
2: Maybe we'll fill out our bracket on air. That might be something fun Ooh, to do. I don't know if
0: it'll be released at that point, but it might yeah. be. Yeah, we I can do a preliminary. Yeah, who, a preliminary. Who should be a preliminary,
1: what? or we can just pick our favorite. Yeah. Well we can pick but we can pick who we think's gonna the win the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so look forward to that, you sports fans out there. March Madness.
2: Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks yeah, everyone really appreciate it. Everyone have a good time. All right, see you. Bye
0: bye. See you.